Hi, and welcome to Stefan Levera Podcast, a show about Bitcoin and Austrian economics. Today, for episode 376, my guest is Evan Kaloudis, and we're talking about Zeus, a self-sovereign lightning wallet that you use to connect with your own lightning node. So we talk about building Zeus as a FOSS app, getting support and feature bounties, the Zeus community, having interoperable standards in the Bitcoin and Lightning community, supporting different Lightning implementations, as well as the future of Lightning privacy. And we also get into some discussion about payment reliability for the self-sovereign Lightning node user. This show is brought to you by Swan Bitcoin. Swan Bitcoin makes it easy for you to buy and also learn about Bitcoin. And for those of you who want to give the gift of Bitcoin to your friends and loved ones, swanbitcoin.com slash gift is the site for you because you can give a gift with a custom message. Your recipient will get an email and they can claim that. They create their Swan account and they convert that USD value into Bitcoin. And remember, you're not just giving Bitcoin here. You're also giving them the gift of Swan's world-class education and customer service and support. So that website is swan.com gift. Do you need some fiat liquidity without selling Bitcoin? Lent at HODL HODL can help you. This is a peer-to-peer Bitcoin-backed lending platform. So you are basically putting your Bitcoin into an over-collateralized loan and you're getting stable coins for this. And then at the end of that loan, you repay the stable coins with the interest and then you can get your Bitcoin unlocked and sent back to you. And you still hold one key out of three during this time period and you can know that your coins are not being rehypothecated. So with Lend at Hoddle Hoddle, this is done basically using offers. So you can go to the website, you can see the offers that are there, whether you want to lend or borrow, and you can see the different interest rates on offer or the term lengths as well. And you can then create an offer or accept an offer that's there on the page. So go to lend.hodlhodl.com. Are you involved with Bitcoin mining? Brains are a Bitcoin mining company through and through. And if you have Bitcoin mining equipment, you need to check out whether Brains OS Plus is supported for that device. Because if it is, you can increase the hash rate on your Bitcoin ASIC. You can improve your efficiency as much as 25%. And you can use it to mine on any pool. Or if you point your hash rate towards slush pool using Brains OS Plus, you get 0% pool fee. So there is a dev fee for Brains OS Plus, but you are having the benefit of 0% pool fees. So go and check out the site. You can see which models are supported, such as the Bitmain S19, S19 Pro, S19J, S19J Pro, T19, some of the S17 models. And in the pipeline, they've got Watchminer M20S and some other Antminer X19 models coming. Also on the Brain site, you can find a newsletter. So you can sign up for that with mining education. So go to brains.com. That's B-R-A-I-I-N-S.com. And now onto the show with Evan. Evan, welcome to the show. Hey, Stefan. Uh, thanks for having me. It's, uh, it's quite a privilege and an honor. Hey, man, the pleasure is mine. The uh, creator of my Lightning Wallet. Uh, it's always a pleasure to talk to my Lightning Wallet, Mr. Zeus himself. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, man, look, tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got into Lightning development and particularly how you got into starting Zeus, which is uh, one of my go-to Lightning Wallets. Awesome. Uh, yeah, so probably got into Bitcoin space around 2014. So like my last year of college, I was studying CS. And uh, from there, just following Bitcoin pretty intently. And after using it, after, you know, getting acquainted with the mempool, our restrictions on block space, just how the whole payment flows work, uh, it became pretty obvious that, you know, doing on-chain transactions wasn't going to scale to the whole world. And 
we'd need better solutions. So uh, when I finally heard about Lightning, uh, a lot of things clicked. It made, it made a lot of sense. Uh, a lot of the properties it brought to Bitcoin were super exciting to me. You know, it took a little while to get everything spun up, but you know, as soon as I I could pragmatically do it, I, I spun up my own Lightning node and got my hands dirty with that. So started with my own little setup with LMD on my computer, and then got a um, a Raspi that I had sitting in my drawer and put it all on there. And I actually did the the Raspi bolt uh, guide that Staticus uh, yeah. put together, and that was my first little uh, self sustained uh, little node. And uh, yeah, from there, I went on to like Raspi Blitz to get those community updates. But, you know, I, I really had a great time, like uh, just seeing how fast the transactions were going through and getting settled. I mean, it took a little time of playing around, figuring out how channels work and whatnot. But ultimately, I realized, you know, it's great to be able to do these lightning transactions uh, from my desk. But ultimately, where this thing is really going to shine is out on the go, in person, and uh, in retail, and being able to do those instant payments. So I had started building up this node, and I, I had this basic functionality I wanted to, to bring. And, and basically, I had never done a mobile app before. So this is my first like real one I, I've shipped. I, I've worked on some small ones. But um, yeah, at, at work, I, I was working in cybersecurity, and I did a lot of front-end stuff the couple of years before that. And I got really well acquainted with React, and I had heard about React Native this mobile framework equivalent that lets you spit out binaries for Android and iOS. And I figured this would be the perfect project to sink my teeth in to it with. So started with basic functionality, just being able to send, receive on-chain and, and on the LN. And, uh, you know, as I built up my little node, I, I wanted to be able to manage it on the bus as I was going into work to my cyber job. Uh, so I wanted functionality to look at my channels, open new ones, see how, if I was, you know, routing any, if at all, like back in the day it was nothing, especially just on my little pie with tour. Yeah. And just to be clear, we're talking, this is like 2018, 2019, or where, where are we at this point? Uh, yeah. So it has to be like 2019. So uh, the app came out or well, it, it got published uh, February or, or March of 2019. So we're, we're three years deep into this right now. So yeah. So like winter of 2018 is like when I was like really starting to mess around with stuff. And uh, yeah, I was just going on uh, the bus to work every, every day and you know sometimes listening to slp sometimes tftc and then uh, going home in the evenings and uh you know hacking on this app really just to scratch my my own itch so um, to a learn this new framework that you know i'd heard so much about but b also to you know just suit my own needs and and now we've got you know uh, a significant amount of the lightning network at least in public capacity terms using the app and uh it's quite incredible yeah, so I mean, my experience was, uh, I think I stumbled across it online, obviously, because we were all kind of in this little Bitcoin Twitter echo chamber, and then I found it, and then I was like, I think I started using it around 2019, and probably mid or a bit late 2019, because I, I remember using it actually when I was going to the Lightning Conference, the first Lightning Conference in 2019, <laughs> and so... I remember using it and I, at that point I had a MyNode set up and I had Zeus connected to my own MyNode back home. And to me, it was just crazy because back then I was halfway across the world in Germany, spending <laughs> and receiving sats and it was all running off MyNode halfway in the other side of the world over in, in my you know living room in Sydney. And it was just like, that was just mind blowing to me, you know? 
That was so crazy to me. And, um, you know, Lightning Conference 2019 was really, it really felt like living in the future because you could just go to merchants, merchants, right? And you were buying ice cream <laughs> or buying a beer or things like this. Yeah. And, you know, uh, and it just really felt magical. And like that was, you know, and now like we take that for granted at Bitcoin conferences now that you can just pay and receive in Lightning. Yeah. So I, I actually remember lightning conference or at least i remember watching you post the videos and i'm like wow stefan lavera is using my wallet and it was like the cocktail machine right like when you pick yes. the next drink and it dispenses it for you for like a dollar like crazy rates yeah that was really awesome to see just you know popping by in my feed so that was quite an amazing moment but yeah there's that magic when you actually you know do that transaction in in the real world and you know get tangible goods or, or services for it and it just confirms like before your eyes a lot of those moments in miami uh for the conference when was it last month yeah for sure for sure so i yeah, mean it's, it's really cool to see a lot of vendors starting to uh accept it it's becoming uh it's become a real tangible thing now it's great yeah, and I, I mean, I'm glad to see that, right? Because I think a few years ago, I would have been more focused on hodling, right? But nowadays, I actually, I do see a value more to building this so-called circular economy. I think it's more of an ideological focus, but I believe it makes the whole system more robust, right? Because if there are more easy ways that you can earn and spend, and, you know, I, I see more value to that idea. So, you know, I'm definitely hopeful to see more of that. Even if I still believe hodling is most important, I still want to see some you know, some uh, circular economy. Well, uh, Stefan, you got you got you got to hodl your money first to be able to to spend it, right? You know, that, that's step one, right? But yeah, for me, for me, it's really important to get some spending going to get these circular economies going. Because, well, first and foremost, I, I think Bitcoin uh, is on a, a quite solid trajectory. Don't get me wrong; there, there's still lots of ways for it to to fail, go butt up, to get captured. And uh, I, I have a bit of a fear of, you know, the predominant way people use in the, f the future is through these, you know, the, these neo banks of sorts or on these custodial rails. And, um, you know, when when those institutions are, are the predominant way Bitcoin gets used, uh, we lose a lot of its benefits, right? We lose its censorship resistance, right? Uh, we lose uh, the supply cap in, in some ways, right? That people can do these paper like claims that we have that we see today in like gold markets or whatever. And and yeah, I mean, part of building Zeus is is trying to give people those tools to, to be able to do Bitcoin in this self-sovereign way. So um, I, I have no doubt that Bitcoin and Lightning even will continue to become even more pervasive in our society and on our, you know, even existing payment platforms, especially with stuff like Taro just down the road. You know, we could end up seeing the stuff in you know, anywhere, everyone for, from Venmo to, to traditional banks. And, and I think that's going to be the way a lot of people get onto Bitcoin, uh, you know, for better or worse. But uh, I want to make sure that Zeus is always there available for people for when they're ready to take things or if they're ready to take things into their own hands and take that personal responsibility and, uh, you know, take advantage of all the properties that it, it gives you. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I mean, there's different ways to use Zeus, right? Like you can do the home node. Um, in some cases, like for me, I have a VPS where I use my BTC pay and that's how I connect my, my Zeus to my LND on that. So that's another way people can use Zeus. And I think Zeus is known for being the more full node wallet aspect. So that, are you planning to keep that aspect of it or are you actually thinking about light clients and light wallets? as well or are you thinking no this needs to be the the hardcore full node wallet 
So there's definitely a lot of interesting stuff going on in the space to make it more feasible for, you know, people to have, uh, you know, good experience, good user ex- experience when, with like clients and whatnot. Ultimately, what I've decided as far as Zeus is that Zeus is going to remain a remote only app. I definitely am looking into some ways to provide like client experiences to people, but I think that would be best suited for a second app. We want to make sure that Zeus users can continue using it the same way they always have and that that binary stays as light and, and compact as possible. It's already a pretty big app uh, considering all the React Native stuff. We don't want to end up throwing a 100 megabyte binary on top of that in there for users. But at the same time, I believe there's a room for us to have perhaps a second app, have the node running on there, and users having a quite comparable experience that they would have uh, using the standalone app versus using Zeus. And you know, perhaps uh, we can even have some sort of bridge where we encourage people to look into you know, all the different options available to them, educate them on some of the perks that they would get having their node somewhere else other than their phone and, uh, you know, and encourage people to upgrade if that works for them. Yeah, gotcha. And I'm curious as well, how much of it is like an educational journey as well? Like, let's say somebody who is a new Lightning user, they sort of install the app, like, would you look at maybe, I mean, I guess there's different ways you could go. Like, as an example, let's say something like a voltage.cloud or something like a green light, and could it sort of spin up or could there be kind of ways that you could connect in the background to sort of set that up? Or maybe, like you're saying, that would be for another app, but it kind of, like you're saying, it could kind of guide you. So with as far as the, the cloud services go, they're very interesting. And, and I'm grateful that uh, people are experimenting with them, offering up great solutions for people to get these very well-connected nodes that are really ideal for you know, enterprise and, and retail and, and all this stuff. That, that's great. But I don't think that's necessarily the primary focus of, of Zeus. I really want people to take as much of that uh, you know, control into their own hands. Uh, so I think a secondary app would have a focus with the node being on device, but have that extra lift, that help being perhaps from some sort of LSP services. Gotcha. I'm really intrigued by uh, what can be done with PTLCs and you know the enhancements there that can allow users to accept payments when they may not be online. I think that's the biggest challenge that we have ahead for us as far as that mobile LN experience. It's not never great to be like, oh, I want to get a payment. Oh, he's not online. He's got to open his phone up and make sure he's online. But oh, wait, now he doesn't have uh, his blocks in sync and he's got to wait another five minutes. Like, those are all not great things. If you could pass over your payment to an intermediary in a trust-minimized fashion and when they're ready and all synced it back up to the Lightning Network graph and uh, be able to accept that last HTLC and get your payment in, I think that would be a uh, optimal solution. Yeah, yeah. And there's been lots of ideas in the space. I know even years ago, uh, Roy and the Breeze guys were talking about this, uh, this idea of HODL invoices. But then there was a critique of that leap, meaning it's a long-lived HTLC and it's locking up liquidity across the network. And so there was kind of argument mm-hmm. about that. And I know um, Matt Corello came out with a new idea as well about offline payments, but I haven't looked into the detail of it yet, so I wouldn't be able to speak to it. Yeah, yeah Blue Matt posted on the mailing list, I believe in October. Uh, he's got a he's got a great post about potential different me- methods of handling that that handoff of, of a payment to a user when they're offline. And uh, yeah, it's he seems to hit on PTLCs potentially giving us that functionality. 
and an LSP that's plugged into the user's like client mobile app. And just holding on to that payment until they're ready to phone in and have it passed off to them. So, um, you know, definitely not as trust minimized as perhaps, you know, being online all the time, but, you know, a solution with acceptable trade-offs in my opinion. Yeah, for sure. Um, and so the other thing Zeus is known for is being a bit of a, a cross implementation wallet, right? Because you support LND and Core Lightning, which used to be called C Lightning, just for some listeners who don't know. So can you tell us a little bit about your, about your experiences there? Has that been more difficult to try to support across different implementations? Oh, certainly. I mean, so Zeus supports, um, Something like five different APIs. So we have LND, uh, C Lightning, or, or Core Lightning through C Lightning REST or Spark APIs. They haven't had their own in-house API until just the very latest release, and we'll be looking at that. It's a CLN gRPC API. So yeah, speaking on that real quickly, we're really excited about that because that's going to just ship with all the new features that come with C Lightning. So we're not going to have to depend upstream. For C Lightning REST or Spark to you know get new features implemented, so you could potentially be getting C Lightning features into Zeus much more quickly. So yeah, so we got support for LND, C Lightning, Eclair, and an LND Hub. Uh, so that's what Blue Wallet uh, uses, yeah. but it's also been used by a lot of different apps like LNBits. So you can potentially host an instance for friends or family. Let's say you want them to have access to funds on. Lightning, the, the funds are segregated, but the, you don't necessarily want them to worry about uh, liquidity or channel management. That's a pretty good Uncle Jim solution. So, you know, although that's custodial, I, I think that fits into the ethos of Zeus still. So, um, so yeah, as far as so as far as implementing all of them, there's it's been quite challenging because not only is the functionality across all the implementations different, with you know a lot of divergence coming up, some implementations having new features, uh, you know, ahead of others, and like Bolt 12, for example, in C Lightning or CLN. But also the API is having quite a bit of a divergence. The format in which each piece of data needs to be passed in to do every other operation, you know, it's, it's quite different. So what we've had to do is orchestrate uh, and design Zeus in a way that we could abstract all the different calls out from each of the different APIs and uh, detail how they should be called and with what bits of data, but also by putting different flags on those API uh, implementation files and detailing what features are accessible to them so that when Zeus is rendering the interface for a user, they'll know, okay, like you could hide this, you could hide the channels tab for the LND hub users. They don't have access to that for example. Uh, so sure. um, we've got a quite a good way of, of doing it. That, that being said, it's been quite a lot of work to make sure everything works smoothly together. So, uh, you know, interoperability and, you know, supporting a lot of di- different implementations is, is definitely a lot of work for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the thing is, I can imagine that over time as they update things or maybe they deprecate some function <laughs> in it, you know, they deprecate yep. some API call and then you're like, oh, okay, wait, what's the new thing? Okay. I need to, you know, so I can imagine. Um, yeah. I mean, versioning too, for sure. Yeah. Like, right. oh, this guy's got another right. version of L&D. He shouldn't see this feature yet. Yeah. Like that's another thing we've had to account for. <laughs> right. Yeah, because <laughs> if they don't update their LND, you still have to support that in Zeus. So then you're like, oh, damn. Yeah, yeah. So like when new features were getting added at that rate, we're like, okay, we need to have a tag that says this feature is only supported after this release. And then we're like, oh, now they're deprecating stuff. Now we need like a, a tail end flag, only support this after this feature. <laughs> <laughs> so we've, we've gone through it all uh, 
every which way. But um, you know, now that uh, things have gotten a little more solid with most of these releases, you know, it, it's less hectic. But you know, things still get changed and deprecated, and uh, you got to stay on top of. API changes for sure. Yeah, gotcha. Okay, and in terms of features and things like that, can you tell us a little bit about your journey there? Because there are all these kind of crazy different features out there in the Lightning world. And there's no top-down leader here. You just kind of see something and it becomes <laughs> popular, whether that is LNURL, whether that is even, you know, BIP21, like uh, Miles Suter and the Cash App gang are, you know, big on BIP21. And, you know, and even inside... Oh, uh, that's the unified QRs. Yeah, yeah, we're definitely very interested by the prospect of unified QRs. And uh, the only downside I can see to them is that you're cramming so much data into a singular QR. It can be difficult for older phones to, with you know not so great cameras to be able to read that data. It either takes longer or it's not so clear. Uh, so I think we're going to support that um, moving forward with options for users to just create singular uh, QRs like the old way. And uh, that also gets mitigated a little bit by NFC, which we have in the app. So uh, tap to pay, people are pretty familiar with that, like Apple Pay, Samsung Pay, tap your credit card to pay in retailers. Uh, We've taken that for scanning anything you would scan with your camera, you can do with NFC and Zeus. Yeah. And that's fantastic because then it might really smooth the interface and things. Now, Maybe the argument would still be, hey, some of those old phones don't have NFC or some like people who are less tech savvy, maybe they don't have NFC enabled or whatever, or maybe for if they're security conscious, they've got it disabled for that reason. So, I mean, that too. But nevertheless, I think it provides another option and gives people choices in how they want to use Bitcoin, spend and receive Bitcoin. So that's really cool. Also, I guess there are things with all these kind of new functionality. So LNURL is an example. And then within LNURL, there's different bundle uh, categories as well. There's LNURL pay, receive, um, authenticate. So can you tell us a little bit about Zeus and LNURL? Yeah, so LNURL is basically the spec on top of Lightning Network that uses HTTP requests uh, to serve up the data required for different operations. So let's say I want to get an invoice from you, Safan, and you're offline because our time zones are different. Uh, I could just query your Lightning address or your LN URL uh, pay address, and that will do a call to your Lightning node, fetch an invoice, and return it to me. And um, yeah, in Zeus, we support all the main features of LNURL. Uh, the thing is that the LNURL spec is like constantly upgrading and there are new improvements that people are proposing through these, uh, I believe, the LUD improvement specs. And uh, we, we're not on top of all of them, but we do support all the main functionality. So LNURL withdrawal, like scan a QR code to trigger withdrawal to your node. That's awesome. LNURL channel to uh, get a channel open to you. LNURL pay to make a payment and fetches the invoice for you. And uh, LNURL auth, which is definitely an underrated one. So basically, you can scan a QR code to log into uh, specific websites. Definitely an understated feature there. Just, you know, you have private keys on your Lightning node. Why shouldn't they be able to authenticate you? So very much looking forward to that feature being more widespread. I, I believe you could use it on places like Ellen Market right now, Ellen yeah. Markets. But yeah, I, I think as we're exiting this era of, you know, traditional passwords and people are becoming more conscious of, of the risk there, I think, you know, login schemes like this make perfect sense for us to move to, especially if we're 
keeping such uh, well care of, of these keys because you know they they control our finances. I, I think it makes perfect sense. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and in terms of things like managing your relationship with LSPs, as an example, is that something where there might be more development on on that pathway of how to like as an example, when you've spun up your node to, to be able to buy a channel from somebody, um, because the kinds of users who are using Zeus, they tend to be running like a bigger node. And so they would need to be doing this kind of thing. Or another example might be um, swap providers, right? So on-chain and off-chain swapping out. So being able to spend some on, on your Lightning channel and then take it back on-chain. Are these uh, things you're looking at or how are you seeing that with Zeus? Uh, yeah, so I wouldn't say that there's not going to be something that ha- happens in the immediate future, but it's something that's on our radar. Uh, I would say moving forward, it's very likely that we'll have access to both services as well as different LSPs. And um, I think we're actually quite early days with all that can be done with LSPs. I think it's very important that users have choice. And, and I think something we're doing really uniquely in the Lightning space, generally speaking, you know, there are outliers, is that we're letting users have access to all these different computing services. And ultimately, the, the users are really going to benefit from it. Uh, so traditionally, in, in you know, Silicon Valley VC culture, it's all about building these walled gardens to keep the users in and closed so that they don't go somewhere else to a competitor. They just keep coming back to you. And I think that when we're talking about an open monetary network like Bitcoin and, and, and Lightning, those same sort of mechanics are just not going to fly, especially with users that are, you know, savvy and technical and actually doing stuff like managing their own channels. Like they'll find a way to open that channel out via the, the command line if they really have to. So what I would really like to see is there to be some sort of convergence of LSP standards and for there to be a lot of openness and compatibility across apps. So, uh, you know, I should be able to you know, pick between multiple different LSPs and even enter in a custom one and, uh, you know, be able to compare their rates and, and their services and w- what they have to offer me. So um, I'm really hoping that we see a future where you fire up your your Breeze, your your Zeus, whatever the next wallet's going to be, and uh, users have the option to use whatever makes sense for them. Yeah, right. Because, I mean, there's all these different things you want to think about, right? It's how well connected is that LSP? What kind of upfront fee are they charging you? And then even on that channel, once they've sent it to you, if it's a channel, what is the routing fee they are charging? Yeah, that's that's absolutely right. And, and beyond that, Stefan, I would say that people's needs on the Lightning Network are, are quite different. You know, some channels might make more sense for some users than others, uh, you know, depending on what it costs to you and in your mind, like that cost of capital that you're putting up in that channel and also what your economic relationships are with these parties. Like, are you going to be sending money in that direction because you're buying something for them or they're connected to someone that you're routing stuff through? Uh, there's like not really one size fits all solution for, you know, users in terms of like a certain set of channels or certain LSP services. You know, if you can put one together, like a, a general speaking one, like Breeze or, or Phoenix makes, like you could definitely save upon fees if you were to, you know, put the channels together yourself. So uh, everyone is, is really different. So we, we need to provide all the options we can for them. Yeah, absolutely. And so in terms of Zeus, community how has that grown over time have you had a, a lot of contributors a lot of people who are helping out whether that's in you know the chat or whether that's in development or whether it's in support or anything like that 
Yeah, I mean, we've got quite a vibrant community now. A lot of our community is on Slack. So uh, not Slack. Uh, well, Slack, we have a developer set up. So we usually talk about all our PRs and you know, our, our core of, of contributors are usually talking on there. But Telegram is usually where our you know users are. Uh, as far as uh, back to devs, we would say it got about, I don't know, something like 20 plus contributors. And I'd say about four or five of them are, are pretty frequent contributors or you know, at least check in on those once in a while. So like uh, Fiat Jaff, who's done a lot of stuff with LNURL, he's contributed some code for us, added implementation support for Eclair, I believe. Uh, we've got um, Paul Miller's written some code for us. We've got this uh, new great contributor, Dregs, who's working over at Bitcoin Company right now. He's very active and has been providing a lot of features, uh, namely our, our pin pads and decoy pin stuff. So that's been really awesome. But as far as uh, managing the project, it's me and Bosch. So Bosch came on uh, early last year, and I was got to reach. I got uh, reached out to by uh, Pavelnex from. He does a lot of stuff with BTC Pay Server, and he told me that a new group was being spun up called Bitcoin Design Community, and they were looking for some partner projects to team up with. So he's like, in a it's really polite way, he's like, uh, <laughs> "Hey, Ev, um, you know, Zeus is great, but it's ugly, uh, and you need help. <laughs> you wanna." <laughs> And you're like, I'm like, definitely. Uh, I definitely don't have an eye as a designer. Uh, when I was working on front end stuff, I had a designer named Hector who I'd always worked with, and he was making stuff look pixel perfect, you know, before and after. And I was just putting the, the code together. So, uh, but yeah, that proved to be a really amazing collaboration. And uh, I can't sing their praises enough. So, Bosch has become, you know, he's the design lead on all the frames of the new Zeus redesign. Has also become a uh, you know co-maintainer of the project, and he does sort of like a product manager role now. So that's been incredible. We've had uh, uh, Stephen Delorme. He did all our branding and provided a lot of uh, feedback to us. That's been invaluable. And uh, you know, there's countless other people there that provided great feedback too. So, uh, Tiana helped make our website, design our website. We got guys like Christoph and Johns, who are veterans that have also given us incredible um, feedback and, uh, you know, Connor too. So, um, you know, that's, that's definitely been a big part of the puzzle and I'm forever grateful for those guys. Back to the show in a moment. For Bitcoin hardware security, coinkite.com is the place to go. You can buy your cold card there. The cold card is a little calculator-sized device. It can hold your private keys and it can also sign Bitcoin transactions. Now, you can use this really easily with wallets like Spectre and Sparrow. For example, if you use Sparrow, it's already got Bitcoin Core built in and you can plug in your cold card if you're a beginner or if you're advanced, you can use the micro SD card to move things back and forth. The cold card has all kinds of features. You can use it in single signature mode as part of a multi-signature set. You can use it with a passphrase or without one. You can have a Jures pin or a BrickMe pin. There's all kinds of features that you need to explore. And when you go to the website, you can also purchase other material like the metal seed plate backup as well. So that website is coinkite.com. With the Bitcoin price down, it's time to do some learning and thinking about our Bitcoin security setups. Have you removed single points of failure from your Bitcoin security setup? With Unchained Capital, you can use collaborative custody where you have a two of three multi-signature vault where you hold two keys, but in two separate locations, and you also have the backups for those. And Unchained holds the third key for you, and they can co-sign for you if you need them. 
With Unchained, they've got a concierge onboarding program to help you if you've never held your private keys before. You pay up front, they send you some hardware wallets, they teach you on a call, and there's some ongoing support and service and education there. So go to the website unchained.com slash concierge and you can get the package there. And now back to the show with Evan. Fantastic. And so uh, what, what's the situation around making it sustainable? And is it seen like this is just an open source project? Is there a plan to sort of make it a revenue thing? Or is it a donation? Where or what's the thinking there? So Zeus is always going to be 100% free and open source software. And we're going to make sure we never ruin that part of it. <laughs> that being said, moving forward, I am personally intrigued by different LSP services and making the user experience for uh, newcomers much better. So I think we're, we're still uh, sort of early in, in this race, but I, I really want to dive into it and uh, experiment with what we could offer up to our users. So uh, I'm not going to say exactly when that will be in place or, or kick off, but it's definitely part of the plan. Um, in the meantime, you know, Zeus is doing uh, perfectly fine as far as, you know, just users just throwing us a couple sats here and there. It's funny, like sometimes I'll pop open my uh, my node, my BTC pay to see the invoices I got in. And, you know, sometimes people are just they'll so sending me like two or three sats, which is so <laughs> minuscule. But, you know, every sat get the get sent to the project that really means a lot to us. And we put to good use, whether it be uh, just making sure you know, our, our servers are, are top notch and running at top speed or whether it be sending sats to a contributor to get a new feature in. And uh, we've had quite a lot of success with putting out bounties. So we, we've got a bounties page on Zeus and uh, we, we actually got our first grant from Human Rights Foundation in 2020 and uh, they gave us a full Bitcoin and we put up the majority of that towards various bounties. So we put up five bounties and each and every single one of them hit. And we've got varying new features from Eclair support to built-in tour process into the app, which is now a free and open source library that other projects can use. And, and we've seen you know other projects like Blue Wallet and uh, I believe Blixt may have also used it too. Uh, I think the Hexa guys are, are in the middle of integrating that as well. So it's really sweet to see something that you help fund uh, get used by other open source projects and, and bring a lot of value to the space. So, you know, I got a lot of issues with Tor. It's definitely uh, like 90% of the questions people ask in our user chats. Uh, but at the same time, it really is powerful technology. And like you said, it's just magical when you get to connect back to your node on the other side of the planet. It's uh, indescribable, really. Yeah, yeah. Also, I want to chat a bit about uh, payment reliability as well as subjects like AMP and MPP. So what I'm seeing from some users is we get some people who are, and it's it's a really weird thing for me because I see some users who are very like, oh, yeah, I get most payments through, no issues. And then I've got others who are saying, nah, even I'm really struggling to get pay- payments through, even sometimes with the inner direct channel circumstance. I'm curious and whether you are seeing this in your chats with other people who are just using Lightning Network generally, is it that, you know, people who are trying to be a self-sovereign Lightning node router, are they doing it wrong? Or like, is it just that there's like difficulty of making larger payments from a like making payments reliable point of view? So there's definitely a lot of challenges with reliability on terms of Lightning, especially if you're just getting started. 
And I think the number one misconception is uh, people trying to receive from a counterparty and they just have one channel and that channel is just like freshly opened. And uh, people don't realize that they need to have that information about that channel propagate over the Lightning Network's gossip network uh, for people to know uh, where it is, what connections it has, and how to make a payment to it. So I'd say that's number one. Uh, Number two is people often not having enough channels or channels uh, that are not well connected to the middle of the network. They maybe just connect to a friend and think they're okay, but they're just a couple of raspies with not so great liquidity. Um, but there's also just a lot of general challenges in the network as we're growing. Uh, we're growing at a clip like very quickly. And uh, there are definitely some challenges as far as uh, fee calculation. So in many cases, we have uh, operators that are advertising at one rate. They make an adjustment and um, you know payments will begin to fail because the new rates haven't propagated through the gossip network. But also, there are some quirks between implementations and some scenarios where people are using zero-fee routing. And shouts out to zero-fee routing. He's a Zeus supporter, but I've heard that also causing problems too. So there's a lot of uh, points where there's definitely couldn't be a lot of improvements as far as reliability. And uh, I, I think actually number one beyond you know user education and knowing how you know, the mechanics of the gossip network work and the liquidity work. I think our algorithms for pathfinding are really sort of novice right now. And I think a lot of enhancements are going to be built upon them. A lot of that's probably going to be due to, to Renee's work, if you've been following that. With So I'm really looking forward to the implementations really diving in and evaluating this. Uh, because it's only going to become more challenging, I think, over time in, in some regards. Uh, certainly as the network grows... There's going to be a lot of growing pains and a lot of room for, for denial of service attacks. So uh, let's try to get the routing optimizations out of the way first so that we can focus on other things as we're scaling up. Yeah. And so do you see it like that currently portends or is pushing towards a more hub and spoke model or where it's becoming harder for that sovereign user per se, like who's not a big company, just like an everyday individual who wants to run his lightning node that it's it's becoming more difficult or do you believe that that will always remain feasible that's a great question actually i think naturally the network is always going to have really big hubs on it right there's always going to be the service providers the big businesses and they're going to just have crazy connection like for an ex- example like an exchange is going to have crazy liquidity if it's well frequented that being said I think as long as we can find ways for it to be as like not super overbearing to be an operator as possible, I, I think then that that's what's really going to be most important. I, I think stuff like you know denial of service, like we were talking just a moment ago, I, I think that's going to be a big challenge. Certainly, stuff like being on on tour and, and having some degree of firewall is going to be helpful. But we also got to think about how we construct the network moving forward and stuff like onion messages could potentially add a really big burden on these operators and make it much more difficult. If you're dealing with more traffic, that's more writes and reads from your node. Uh, it's going to be using more space and logs. It's just uh, going to be more difficult to reach you if, if a lot of people are trying to hit you too. So, you know, these are things we got to be mindful of, uh, figuring out that balance of functionality that we want on the layer and, um, you know, what the cost is. And, you know, that's not something unique to Lightning. We're talking about stuff like CTV today and 
discussing the, the pros and cons of that and the benefits it adds versus, you know, operational costs it could add to people's uh, setups. Totally fair. And uh, even on the zero fee routing thing, right? So I think people saw that on Twitter recently where I think zero fee routing was making a comment about his uh, channel DB getting really large. And then I think after that, I believe the Lightning Labs guys came out and said, oh yeah, okay, actually we were logging a lot because that we were trying to use that for errors and like troubleshooting and tech support. And so I think in the new release, I think they're doing slightly less logging. So that yeah, way that... <laughs> pathfinding too, having past data to figure out the best routes moving forward. Um yeah, I mean, it's there's a lot of just finding where the sweet points are in, in a lot of uh, this engineering at this point, figuring out, you know, what the optimal rate at which to do stuff at and where to put the certain burden of things at. It's uh, definitely part of the growing pains of the network right now. Yeah. And um, also one other area, speaking of Rene Picard, do you have any thoughts on the whole zero base fee movement? It's definitely intriguing, but you know, I, I think there's definitely some impressive numbers that are being put out by guys like that that are, you know, just moving lots and lots of volume. But um, you know, for me, I I think that uh, I value my capital a little bit more, and I, I think there should be some sort of base fee for that. But uh, you know, I'm, I'm not gonna judge others how they value their capital. So I'm very appreciative of all the experiments that are going on as far as. A fee setting and trying to do uh, pathfinding and trying to figure out optimizations there. You know, I can't stress enough like the experimentation we're seeing from all these different parties across the network is great to see. It, it's it's really imperative for growth trying to experiment on finding out what works and what doesn't. But uh, personally, uh, I haven't been sold on the zero fee stuff. Yeah, as in zero base fee. Yeah, yeah. Um, zero base fee. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think there's a few things around. I guess I hear lots of different things in the ecosystem, right? Because I'm personally more in the lightning bullish case, but I, I hear this sort of lightning bear case as well. And obviously you're you're creating a lightning wallet. So you basically, by definition, you have to be bullish on the lightning network, right? But I think the bears on, on the lightning network might be saying, oh, look, see, it's too hard for the sovereign individual. It's, uh, you know, it's not private or you know, and it's, it's sort of like, oh, you can't get the payments through or it's not reliable for larger amounts. And yeah, I, I think for me, maybe this is the lightning bull in me saying, hey, look, it's only four years of mainnet. Like, think about where Bitcoin was in 2013 for the person who wanted to validate their own coins and use their own hardware wallets and everything. Like, well, hardware wallets weren't a thing then. But the point being, it, it took a lot of technical capability to be able to use your own node with your own hardware wallet in, let's say, 2017. And I think it was only until, arguably, uh, I mean, okay, yeah, there was Armory, so you could do the kind of Armory offline thing, which I did do when I was a, when I was a noob myself. But you know, I think thinking back to Bitcoin, it's probably 2019 or so when, say, Noddle and MyNerd came out to sort of innovate that game of running your own Bitcoin core node with your own Electrum server, and thus making it easy to run your own hardware wallet with that. And so, you know, it was 2019 to do that. And so, I don't know, but I'm curious, what, what are your thoughts on that in terms of where Lightning is at relative to how long it's been out and relative to how easy it is for people to you know, do their own things? So, we're in a weird spot right now because we're seeing so many things happen very quickly as far as adoption goes. You know, all these platforms either stating uh, intentions for future support of Lightning Network or, you know, a lot of exchanges and uh, on-ramps supporting it this past year. 
that being said, I, I think everything is super, super nascent uh, as far as, you know, the protocol itself. We, we don't even have Bolt 12 uh, fully out there. We don't have blinded routes and, and like decent privacy as a standard for receivers yet. But I think really the things that are most nascent are the LSP stuff. We're really just scratching the surface. And uh, you'll see right now that the biggest attractors of, of lightning within a community are the people that are having to run the LSPs right now and have really taken a gamble trying to start up our early iterations of these services, really feeling the pain of capital allocation. You know, we, we've got people who create awesome loss in this space uh, who've told me privately that they don't want to get into the LSP game because it's, you know, it's a very difficult problem of, of capital allocation. Anyone will tell you who's, anyone who's even just running a singular service on, on the web for, you know, an exchange or a store, like you can't predict the future flows really of where money is going to be coming and going from uh, 100%. Uh, so now, add in thousands of users you're trying to, to offer your services to and you're opening up channels to them on the hopes that you'll make a return on them, you know, routing a lot of transactions to them or them becoming a long-term customer, but they could just as easily delete your app and just have that channel open. It's like, when do you decide to close it? These channels, at how much are you going to open to them on uh, initially? Uh, when do you re-up it and for how much more? There's a lot of tricky challenges in the mix. This all being said, I think that there's going to be a lot of interesting improvements to the network that happen in the next couple of years that are going to make you know operating these LSPs much easier and give these operators much more flexibility. But I also think that there's tons of experimentation that LSP operators have not even scratched the surface of uh, that I'm excited to see people get into. And uh, I think on that front, users have so much to benefit from. Yeah, for sure. And that, that could benefit all kinds of users, whether they are using the more hybrid model sort of wallets or using their own full node and using LSP services to help manage the channels in and out or swapping in and out and all of these things. Yeah, I mean, for the default users, right? Like, it's it's very difficult, Stefan, to imagine a world in which, like, my mom is going to be managing her own channels, right? <laughs> like, she's just yeah. not really pragmatic, right? Today, best solution for her is probably using an LND hub I have set up for her or, you know, doing trade-off and, and having a little less privacy and, and using one of these other apps. But yeah, I mean, we all sort of came out the gate thinking that autopilot would be a little bit more of an established thing. And that hasn't gotten too much innovation. But I'm really excited to see what's going to happen moving forward and, and what roles LSPs can play uh, further in uh, onboarding these users, but also affording them flexibility. Like, for example, like I'm not too keen wallets that have this LSP built into them, but don't give you any, any ability to, you know, take things into your own hands and open channels up on your own. Gotcha. Right? Like you got your node, it's all running on your phone and you know, you got a pretty good user experience, but what's the next step after that? Like you're sort of just locked into their platform. You can't eject your node. You can't open up your own channels. You can't get into fee setting. It feels like some players are sort of just trying to recreate these walled gardens that I was talking about earlier. I see. Yeah. Uh, and in terms of privacy on the Lightning Network, I think this is another area where there are endless debates about the privacy on the Lightning Network. And of course, there are people working on ideas to improve that, people like Bastion from Async and others out there who are talking about this or have done talks and have spoken about 
perhaps a pathway to making Lightning more private with things like route blinding, trampoline routing, and other ideas. I'm curious where you see things are so far. Do you see Lightning as an improvement, privacy improvement to just standard on-chain Bitcoin? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. So I think we have this one improvement right out the gate in that the transactions don't get recorded to the blockchain ledger directly. Uh, Yes, of course, you have to interact with the blockchain when you're opening or closing a channels. But just the very fact that the transactions themselves are, are ephemeral is a huge privacy improvement. That being said, you can't really say that using Lightning Network right now is, is private. There's a whole lot of caveats, starting from you know having to open up those channels on chain and the analysis there. Perhaps uh, you know Taproot channels will help out a little bit with that, as you know all uh, Taproot transactions you know won't really able to be able to distinguish what they're for, whether they're a channel open or not. Then you have the problem of the gossip network uh, where you're saying, oh, I got this open channel now and uh, here's the UTXO to back it. That's a huge problem. This all being said, you know, you've got some pretty good privacy as a sender on Lightning. Uh, the onion routing makes it so that receiver doesn't know exactly where it came from, just the last hop before it got to them. But receiver privacy is not good. So when you create an invoice, it has your public key which is tied to your all of your uh, public gossip activity embedded in the invoice. So uh, the real solution there is likely going to be blinded routes uh, becoming standard in Bolt 12. And uh, it's just going to be a little bit more calculation for the last person in your public hop to figure out where exactly the transaction is going. So yeah, there's definitely a lot of caveats. And really, if you want to be using Lightning, even as a sender privately today, it really has to be done in conjunction with some other on-chain privacy tools, something like, uh, you know, right, like a coin join to fund the Lightning node before and using Tor before you then, you know, make those. Yeah, things. absolutely, and and that's actually been a bit of a focus of mine with Zeus. Uh, we are trying to make it so that at least L and D users are able to import XPubs and craft transactions for both their on-chain transactions and channel opens from external accounts, like you know, XPubs. So we're hoping to get that functionality into version 0.7, which is our next major release. We're about like 60% through the integration there, but uh, we're trying to make sure it plays nicely with all the you know air gap camera and NFC hardware wallets. So that's been a bit of a challenge. So typically you're you're having like an XPub function where you can kind of use coins from another wallet inside Zeus. Like how would you get the signature over, or how does that part work? Uh, so. The great thing is with a lot of these new hardware wallets is that they have ways of communicating over their air gap. Uh, so traditionally, we've seen a lot of devices like Seed Signer, the Foundation, Passport, Kobo Vault. They use QR codes and cameras and you can pass over the unsigned PSBT or partially signed Bitcoin transaction file over uh, animated QR codes. Uh, but now we also got stuff like the cold card Mark IV, which I thought I had on my desk. NFC. Yeah, it's got yeah. NFC now and Zeus supports NFC. We just got to make sure that data is uniform and we can talk back and forth uh, pretty easily. Clever. So then as an example, you could sort of open channels from your hardware wallet-ish and then when they close back down, are they going to close back down back to that thing or is it going to close back down into say your on-chain Bitcoin wallet inside Zeus, as an example. So you could actually choose where you want to go at two points. You could say, okay, on channel open, I'm specifying my closeout address. Or when you're actually closing it out, you can change it again 
So you're going to have a lot of functionality. And with Induce, you're going to be able to even pop through your different hardware wallets and generate a fresh address just for certain operations like that. So yeah, that's it's super exciting to just have some assurances about interacting with what potentially could be people's saving stacks on a hardware device and be able to use that in fairly safe manner to interact with the Lightning Network. So super excited about that. But I'm more so excited about the possibility of having uh, perhaps some of these uh, coin join software providers to do a little work to help things work seamlessly in conjunction with us. So for example, uh, Samurai Wallet's been working for a couple of years, it feels like. PSBT signing that get crafted from an external app. And uh, I would really love for them to to get that over the finish line. That way you could turn your Whirlpool mixes uh, into channel opens right within Zeus and not have to spend an extra transaction's worth of fees to move it over to Zeus's hot wallet. So I think there'd be a whole lot of benefits there. And um, yeah, would love to provide that same functionality for you know all the different coin join providers. I'm sure we'll do it with join market if possible and uh, you know Wasabi too. Yeah, gotcha. And you can imagine how that could be done either with a QR code or with NFC or, or maybe even if it's on the same device, right? Like if you had literally Samurai Wallet on the same phone with your Zeus, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Especially uh, since we have, um, you know, sort of things like application linking, where we could say, you know, just spit it out to Zeus and it could just be a seamless thing between the two applications. Very much love to see that. You know, that's not really in my hands, but if anyone from Samurai Wallet would like to talk to me about it, I'm all ears. Yeah, so I mean, I think that's pretty cool to see and we might end up seeing a bit of that idea of a combo of CoinJoin and Lightning and maybe that's uh, one way to take it forward. Also, I know um, Lisa has done with Core Lightning this whole idea of collaborative channel opens. And so you could sort of say, let's say you and I do a, a collaborative channel open and we both put some funds in. That kind of looks like a pay join, right? Yeah. You don't really know who's putting up which funds exactly. And you get a whole lot of privacy in terms of you know the on-chain analysis there. So that's super exciting. And uh, you know those dual-funded channel opens, those liquidity ads, she's calling it uh, where these offers are, are putting being broadcast over Lightning's gossip network itself. Super exciting and uh, would be something that I would really very much like to get into Zeus. I think it's really just contingent, that CLN RPC API. So hopefully once we get that in, well, it's also going to take some UI UX work from our guy Bosch. But uh, yeah, definitely something I'm super excited about. And I think something that could really thrive, it just needs better interfaces. I think there's only one GUI for it in terms of um, the Ellen Router app. I don't think anyone else really has one for liquidity ads. So it would be great to make Zeus the second. Uh, that being said, we've got a lot on our plate. So don't want to get anyone's hopes up that it's coming too soon. <laughs> yeah, of course. And I think it's like this is so much work and so much, so many things that have to be done. But it seems to me like if you're really paying attention, you're seeing all this advancement and all this improvement over time, right? Because if you compare back to a few years ago, it was way harder to do these things or it was way less reliable to do these things. Now we're sort of, we're seeing pretty steady improvement at least, at least that's how, that's how it looks like to me. So yeah. So yeah, I guess any um, finishing thoughts or things you want to leave listeners with in terms of stuff they should be thinking about on Zeus or the Lightning Network just generally? Yeah, absolutely. So a lot, it may seem intimidating, especially if you just you know, use like a install and go lightning wallet. But there's tons of great resources online, including our community, including, you know, countless guides, 
you know, if you need help getting set up with your own lightning node and connecting to Zeus, you can even hit me up directly. My DMs are open on Twitter and I'm on Telegram in our group chatting all the time. Ultimately, I want to try to prevent a world in which we're trusting custodians or third parties with our data to be using this great monetary network. And uh, I just want Zeus to be an option for people to, you know, do things themselves. Uh, you know, we'll write the code for you to run on your device. And from there, I, I don't want to know anything about your transaction data or, or your node at all. So, yeah, it's easy and, and you could do it with just a couple clicks. So I encourage everyone out there who hasn't done already, just run your own node. Excellent. And yeah, so listeners, as I said, I, I'm a Zeus user myself. I encourage you to check it out. And uh, Evan, where can people find you and where can they find Zeus online? Yeah, sure thing. So um, on Twitter, my account's Evan Kaloudis, E-V-A-N-K-A-L-O-U-D-I-S. Zeus is on there at Zeus LN, LN for Lightning Network, so Zeus LN. And our main website is at uh, ZeusLN.app, our Code's all free and open source. And uh, if you're a coder, reach out. We help you get set up. And, uh, you know, the more contributors, uh, the merrier. Excellent. Thanks. Cheers, Stefan. Get the show notes at stefanlevera.com slash 376. Thanks for listening, and I will see you in the Citadels.